Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. Hey, good afternoon, Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome, welcome to Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind. This is Love is Love, which we do every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. It's Carrie V and Rudy. Yes. So I want to say good afternoon good to everyone afternoon. on my live so far. I'm doing this thing for the first time. Um, I'm on IG, the there live. Yes, yeah, so I say afternoon. I know we're streaming here on, as well. So if you want to see what we look like, you can look for us at tbcradionetwork.co.tt. And if you see Mr. Brad put in the corner there, you're looking like a... Brad is here? You yeah. didn't tell me. Look, you right there. Yes. Yeah, you're making me blush, <laughs> Carrie. So what's up, Rudy? How are you doing? How hey, was your week? Listen, this week was fine. I, yeah. I had a lot of things going on. Aye, aye, aye. There was some positive developments. You know, it's it's been a good week, I think, mm. to close off the February, the carnival season. Mm. And now we're looking into what's coming up in March. Mm. We have public holidays coming up. True, true. So no, it was a good week. I, I got some rest. What about you? Well, this week I worked, worked. I wasn't well for a day or two. Yes, There's something yes. going around, some serious virus that, guys, you need to, to stock up on your vitamin and C. And it's not COVID-19. No, it's not, it's not COVID. It's just like a regular well, flu. But that has happened after carnival. Exactly. Yeah. Every year we get that. But before that, let me just tell the persons on my life what this show is about, right? Yes. This is Love is Love. This is where we, we create an avenue for persons from the LBGTQ community to come out and, you know, to share their experiences, share their stories with Trinidad and Tobago. And this is the first radio station in Trinidad and Tobago to have a segment and or a show like this. And the Caribbean, you see? So, so we are setting the trend here. Of course. So I have my, my co-host, Rudy Anamji. Hello. Right? And uh, he is the co-founder of Queer TT. So if you didn't know, now you know, all right? So, Rudy, I know last week we were speaking about the culture and uh, the LBGTQ community and how they correlated, how they meshed. And I know we're going to continue with that conversation oh, yes. today. We have some very interesting conversation yes. points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have some guests coming in mm-hmm. as well. So we'll take that those calls uh, about 20 past 3. Oh, you want to introduce our guest again? You think we should tell them from nah, here? No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet, not not yet. yet. So, them. guys, don't forget you can send me a WhatsApp message on 306-1065. And my calls are always open. My lines are open. 627-3223-625-2257. So, Rudy, let's go back. Culture, LBGTQ community. I remember you were saying that mm-hmm. our masks, sometimes our designers, our makeup artists, our, our helpers. Helpers. Hey, Truck drivers. I mean, we're all throughout the mass, eh? Mm. but it's 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 known throughout the world Mm -hmm. that there tends to be a higher propensity for queer persons to get involved in arts and culture, Mm -hmm. whether it's in theater, in music, in design. I mean, most of the famous design houses throughout Mm. the world owned and, and created by queer men like Dolce and Gabbana, Versace. Mm. So queer people have always had this space in the arts, mm. you know. And carnival is no different. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, the damn Lorraine character right. is a drag character. 
Oh, serious? So people know it as the big bam, see big right. breast character. With the fan and yeah. With the fan. Yeah. So go back in history. What the slaves were doing at that time, they were mocking the French woman. Oh. How they dressed. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, back then, the style was to have a huge skirt. I think it's called a bassinet underneath. Mm-hmm. And very pronounced breasts it, mm. with the corset yeah. look and the big wigs and everything. Right. So the, the men would fashion or take old dresses, etc. Mm. And mock the French woman. Right. And drag is in itself a form of protest. So even though that was happening in the 17 and 1800s and whatnot, right? Mm. And it has lived with us since then. Drag as a performance art, e- even in Shakespearean, the Shakespearean era, mm-hmm. women were not allowed to be on stage. It wow. was illegal for women to be actors in Britain. Really? So all the female parts, mm-hmm. Juliet, right. was played by a man. Oh my gosh. So this, when you see RuPaul's Drag Race today, mm-hmm. people think that drag is this new age, what, you know, what they see on television. Mm. But drag has always been part of human history. Oh. And imagine that in our culture, that character still exists today. But unfortunately, people still assign to it some negativity so people are sometimes afraid to take on that character mm-hmm. people will go more for the payroll or right. the midnight robber right. but to really embody the damn rain mm. not many men today have taken on that character right, right. so it, it, so the, the the queer culture is there in the mass and but the homophobia is also there in the mass. Yeah, let me just say good afternoon. Going out to Shelly. Hi, Shelly. How are you doing? Shelly's locked on on my IG live. But coming back to the that traditional character. Mm-hmm. Now we all know that uh, during Juve. Let's bring this point across one time because right. I was looking at I uh-huh. on Instagram with the guy. I know what you're talking. He yes. dressed as a as a as a woman. Yes. Right. Um, so he didn't do Mandarin, but he no. did. He did the, the traditional yes, juve because thing. Because sometimes they put on a nighty yes. or a and petticoat. And it so happened that when he wore that, you know, persons from the gay community were tracking him and, and sending him <laughs> messages and DMs and everything like that. And he came He's out. Lucky. <laughs> no, but, I, <laughs> but he came out and he said that. You know, he's not gay and he right, just dressed which up. Is and, which, is, which is fine. But what I'm saying, and, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been ha- having back and forth conversations with persons right on that same Instagram story. I was saying, this is 2023. Right. We all know that the LBGTQ community is out there. Right? Whether we like it or not, they are there. Yes. And if you portray yourself in a particular way, wouldn't you be opening yourself to uh you know somebody coming out and saying hey hey you look good yes of the same you, sex you are you are and, and and it's it's the same discussion point when anybody else does it mm-hmm. so if a man a straight man poses 
on the beach, let's say, and he's fit mm. and he has a good body and whatnot. People may slide into his DMs, mm-hmm. women and men. I probably might. What, it's same thing for women. If 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 you come across a woman that you find... Now, remember, this is not private. People have decided, I'm going to post myself. Yeah. So you are yeah. making yourself public, right? People are going to slide into your DMs mm. from all backgrounds. Mm. You will get men, women, in between, you know... It's up to you now to manage that response. Mm-hmm. I don't think in 2023 people should get upset. Yeah. But but you can tell people, well, you know, thank you for messaging me, but I'm not interested. Yeah. Because even if it were just straight women messaging him, mm-hmm. I don't think he would be interested in all of them. Mm, I suppose he's married yeah. or whatever. He would have to respond and say, "Well, thanks, but I'm not interested." But what 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 made me raise my eyebrows and you know get into the conversation? Mm-hmm. And guys, let me just um let me just call on my numbers one time six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven. You can even send me a WhatsApp on three zero six one zero six five. It's just about sixteen minutes after three. That's my time check. Let me just get that out of you one time. So what made me get into that conversation uh-huh. is that persons was were, were given snide remarks ah, and yes. disrespectful things like you know um is everything they, they want to get itself into and nobody in want them i was like who is them first thing first who is them and they're human beings and persons from the queer community human beings no, as well, well. Uh, if you go on their logic we should just stay quiet and not have anything to say at all so, so, in other words, you have to ask permission now. Mm. You have to say, well, can I comment on this? <laughs> because I'm not the same as you. <laughs> no, it's so it's ridiculous. Yes. It is ridiculous. So that, I agree with you completely. People should not be bullying and harassing other people on social media. That is com- that's, And it's against the law, by the way. Mm. People have to be very careful what they say and how they say it on social media. It's against the law to bully people and to mm. harass people on social media. Especially for the way how they want to be. And if people want to get banned on social media, jump out yourself <laughs> and make some sort of violent statement against anybody, a woman, a queer person, yeah, a child. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah. You'll see how quick Facebook will ban you <laughs> from their platform. So go I, right ahead. I, you know, Facebook very, very militant with they that. Have, that's a... Con- fantastic word to use so we're jumping back into the culture and rudy is just about 17 minutes after three Mm -hmm. let's give our listeners a really quick brief of who is going to be Ah. joining us this afternoon so carrie we have no full disclosure Mm -mm. the two of both of them are very close friends of mine Mm. i've known them for probably 20 plus years Mm. uh so so yes, it's a little favoritism, it, it, but I, I, I. but you can't help your boy from inviting these particular friends because I want to let people know that I know people too. <laughs> you know, I knows the people who makes the mask, and both of them this year designed for award-winning bands. Mm-hmm. And the first one actually copped Band of the Year, oh. Valmiki Mirage, Ooh. for The Lost Tribe. Uh-uh. And Val and I 
uh, we've had, we, I remember conversations about mass when we were 13 years old, mm. 15 years old. Mm. So that is two decades plus ago. Right. So to see him come full circle, I can't help but feel proud, mm. uh, you know, or as, as a fellow graduate of Queen's Royal College, continuing in the footsteps of people like Peter Minchel, who's also a QRC graduate. Oh. And then up, up next, uh, in the second hour, we'll be having Aaron Schneider. Mm -hmm. Again, a, a name that is known to anybody who goes to the theatre in Trinidad. Right. You know, he's played parts and major roles in most of the production companies in mm -hmm. Trinidad and Tobago. But also a protege of Wayne Barclays. Mm -hmm. He studied under Wayne when Wayne was still with us. And again, I've seen his development in the arts. And he's a sought-after production designer for many bands. So not mm. just one. Right. He actually has done work for many bands. So he will speak about that experience as well. So ah. that's who we have up, folks. So yes. you all better stay tuned yes, over the yes. next hour well, and a half. But before we continue with that, uh -huh. I have a question. And I'm, uh, sh I'm very sure a lot of our listeners... Would like to ask this question, but I asking it, Rudy. You are. I asking it. You ask. Why is it okay mm -hmm. for two women to whine and dance is and it? gyrate? Uh, and, well, well, it does seem it? like a normal thing because even up to last night, I told you that I went. Hey, let me oh. big up Terry one time, Terry Fennick and London eight six eight on Rush Street. It was magnificent. It was really nice. So up to last night, right? You know, when I went and you know just enjoy myself. It had females dancing, everybody, and everybody was like normal. But why is it okay for females to be dancing on each other and it's not okay for men? That is an excellent question. And I wish women would sit back a moment and think about that for a moment. Is themselves. it because it's easy on the eyes? It is because we, we still live in a society that is highly patriarchal, mm. where men sexualize and I'm speaking generally there will mm -hmm. always be exceptions right mm -hmm. but to a large degree men sexualize women and therefore since we meaning men mm -hmm. run things it's quite all right if you all you women mm -hmm. carry on for our enjoyment uh -uh. because as a straight man I suppose I would love to watch as many women carrying on in any kind of sexual way and I mm. would be happy, right? Mm. But don't you dare, don't you dare as another man mm. come in front of me and whine on a man <laughs> because I will vomit. And that is the hypocrisy. That is at its core the hypocrisy that permeates the society. Mm. Because... Pong for pong, flesh for flesh, person for person. Mm. What really is different between two women whining on each other mm. and two men whining on each other? It's two human beings. Mm. So I will tell you, to me, I don't care if it's two women or two men, a man and a woman. It's carnival. It's a dance. They are dancing with each other. Mm. Of course, there are certain limits that nobody should cross mm. because then it, it starts getting into you know 
obscenity in public, right. which is against the law. Mm -hmm. But up to whatever that point, and even that is a discussion these days. You yeah. saw, we, we talked about it last week about the law that said no lewdness yeah. and God, yeah. whatever that yeah. is, right? So I'm putting that in a box for a minute. But no, as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as you are concerned, who cares? Yeah. But some people, they will become sober in the moment. Like if some, I've seen it. I've seen it happen in carnival fests or even in the mass on the streets mm -hmm. where for a moment you will, you see, you want to live your life right. like everybody else. Mm -hmm. as, isn't that a carnival song? Oh, yes. And... <laughs> So you're there with your partner or a group of friends, like gay guys playing mass together, mm. and you might, you know, hug up, you might whine, and whoo, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, you have just committed, in the middle of carnival, you have committed the only sin in the whole of juve and mass. So I don't know, Carrie, I, it, it, it boggles the mind what people find is good and bad but it's mm. all convenient mm -hmm. it is all convenient but let me tell you this outside of carnival let's go outside of mm -hmm. carnival you would see two women right holding yes. hands walking the road hugging up and 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 and, and walking the road even you know like telling one well, no, telling each other like like nice stuff and you know and hugging them and but being that affectionate. is why men have problems expressing emotions because you are told, again, generally speaking, boys are told, don't show that kind of emotion. Mm. So it's okay for girls growing up to hug up, to hold hands and whatnot, right? But if some fathers, not all, but mm. some fathers don't even kiss their sons. Yeah. Oh. They don't hug their sons. They say, well, go by your mother with that. Mm. My father was very... my The men in my family are very different. We... we they showed affection for all the children. Right. Right? I have other friends whose fathers were very masculine, but that was their son, and they loved their son. I remember going to school for, like, sports day and whatnot. The son, if, if their son ran a race and won, the, the son would run up, and the, the father would hug the child and lift him up and say, that's my mm. son. Other parents don't encourage that, do that. So you will learn growing up, well... I, uh, and I will tell you, I have straight guy friends, mm. very straight guy friends, who, when we, when we are alone, like liming, with just us, <coughs> they get very emotional. They get very... They share a lot. So men can share. But as soon as you leave that safe space... Mm -hmm. Some of them, not all, but some of them put on an armor where they wouldn't speak about those emotional things in public mm -hmm. or with their girlfriends or whatnot because they, they've, been, they've been trained to believe that it's weak. Emotion is weak. And that's the, uh, that is what it is. Wow. But, Rudy, I want to hear from, from our listeners. Me too. I want to hear. I want to hear what what are your thoughts on that? Why is it okay for two ladies to be, you know, dancing on yeah, dancing on one another, holding each other hand, kissing one another in public, mm -hmm. and it's difficult for for two men to do the same? I want to hear from you. Six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven. You can even send me a WhatsApp message on three zero six one zero six five. 
at uh, the bottom of the hour, 3.30, we are going to have our guest inside. All right? We want to hear from you. Why Why is it okay? I want to hear from the person who is walking in the street yes. seeing that. You know? I want to hear that. I want to hear what do you think or, or what do you perceive when you see yeah. that. And I mean, I will hasten to add, just like straight people, many queer people don't care to have public displays of affection. I mean, when Kate and I go out, we, we don't always be hugging up and holding hands and things. Ever so often, we might. Mm-hmm. But if and when it does, it's not, you know, who cares? But somebody might have, I don't know. No, but, 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 but it's okay for two heterosexuals oh, to do the same. And more. more because true. I have seen heterosexual people in the cinema, for example, and they tie up like crab <laughs> inside one another, and people the people have to come and tell them, well, you know, you have to take it down. What? So, so, but the but the other people wouldn't have a problem with that. They'll say, well, that's normal, hmm. and that word comes up, normal. Then you know, also, so you're not normal. normal. Person, persons from the <laughs> queer community, not normal. Well, ah, sorry, but I I really want to know. I really want to know from you all. What do you think yes. about that? And when you, when you see when you see someone or or two females mm-hmm. going around the savannah, you know you, you're probably taking your your normal Sunday afternoon stroll or your, or your jog, mm-hmm. and you see two two girls holding hands and hugging up and you know kissing one another and being affectionate. And what goes through your mind? Is it does the queer community go through your mind when you see them as opposed to if you see two men do? Being affectionate in the same way. I want to hear from you. Call me 627-3223-625-2257. You can even send me a WhatsApp on 306-1065. But I think it's it's a it's a taboo, um, Rudy. From from since before. And I think that the persons are still persons still have that in their minds that it's not okay. Well, do you know we were talking with Ruba Derry last week and he brought up history. Mm-hmm. I will never forget the Canadian High Commission. They hosted a screening of a film about their original people, the, the Canadian native mm-hmm. persons. And the film showed that before colonization, mm-hmm. within the village, they had no problem with same-sex affection. Mm-hmm. If you study African history, if you study Indian history, if you study Chinese and other histories, Mm -hmm. Roman history, there were always allotments for men and women Mm -hmm. to share spaces and intimacy together. In some places, like when I visited India a couple of times, in certain places, cities, you will see two men walking down the road holding hands. And I asked my colleagues there, I said, is that, would that be only gay people? And they informed me that no, in their culture, in mm. that in that province, it's okay for two male friends to walk down the road. Big adults, I'm talking about, huh? What? In Africa, in, in, in some of the tribes, the men live together, the women live together, mm. and the men, ha- they're intimate, they, they, they comb each other's hair. Oh. They they cook for each other. Mm-hmm. These are not abnormal things. But somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. somebody told us that it was wrong. 
and we have held on to that intervention mm. that training to tell people that men have a different kind of intimacy parameter mm. than women so i think rubaderi's point last week we need as a people to really you know consider those things and mm. and do some analysis wow ah. Guys, it's just about 3.30. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, it's much more. Don't forget, you can call me up 627-3223. And you can even send me a WhatsApp message on 306-1065. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind. And it is Love is Love with Kari V and Rudy Hanamji. When we come back, it's much more. Keep it locked. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind. This is a Love is Love with Kari V and Rudy Hanamji. Welcome back. Rudy, we are back. Kari. So you want to start to introduce our oh person? Oh, gosh, I'll be here all afternoon. Yes. So, Kari, as I told listeners earlier, for those who are now joining us, mm-hmm. uh, we have on the line live one of my best Oldest friends, mm. oldest in terms of tenure of time, because oh, he's younger than I am. Because I was not going to answer when you say old. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm the old one. He's, uh, he's the young one. Mm-hmm. But this is none other than Valmiki Maraj, mm-hmm. the creative director for the Lost Tribe Band of the Year title <laughs> holder. <laughs> and I've, I know, I know Val from our days at QRC. Mm-hmm when we would spend hours in the art room doodling. Hmm. But he more than I, because he's more artistic than I He seems quite am. artistic and creative. And uh, I remember, you know, we, when Peter Minchel had his Y2K, that was the year 2000 production, right. in the Savannah, across mm-hmm. from QRC, mm. Val and I were there to see the mm. white and the black meet. And I remember we had a conversation then about, you know, getting involved in the mass and whatnot. Mm. So... Ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folk, <laughs> Val, are you there with us? Yes, yes, good afternoon. Hi, Val. Welcome to Freedom 106.5 FM. Welcome. Yes, yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so, Val, last week we were speaking about culture and, uh, of course, carnival and the queer community. And Rudy thought that the best person, one of the best persons to join our show to, you know, talk more on it would be you. <laughs> so before we continue, we jump straight into that. Give us a little uh, bio on yourself. What, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as Rudy said, um, my love of fellow carnival with the art started, I think, in QRC and even before that. Mm. And when we were there, I remember, apart from being, you know, being raised in the backyard of carnival, Rudy and the Savannah, um, we would spend a lot of time in mass camps in different spaces like that. <laughs> From spending time in those spaces, I think uh, I knew to myself at that point I wanted to get involved in carnival in some way or the other. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that the kind of would be designed. But mm-hmm. when we started to explore maybe internship with different people, and so the rest of the service of stream, ah. I started getting involved through walking around with with my big A-level portfolio, going to different yes. mass camps. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I think I want to try to get involved. And then I suppose <laughs> somewhere or the other people saw talent, they saw personality or something they saw, and then, you know, I was offered opportunity. Wow, that's great. I, but Kari, Val is being a little modest. Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will tell this, a little piece of the story. <laughs> when, we, when he first came to QRC, 
he was not actually the bar that we all know. Oh. He was a little quiet, uh, believe it or not. He was an introvert? I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know if it was a, a you know, he was waiting <laughs> to to show us the full personality. But one it, thing it was still in development. <laughs> it was <laughs> a but when when you saw like through the Diwali committee mm-hmm. or the school would have different events and people who were in art would be asked to design things, whether mm. it's signage or the decorations or what right. have you. Val took it like water, like a doctor water. And the kinds of designs and and the colors and the... You, you don't know where it came from. Mm. It just started to blossom. And all of a sudden, he was one of the go-to people at school Right. For anything, I remember when we designed the crash. We were not Catholics, by the way, mm-hmm. but we saw it as an artistic project, ah. and we did the crash for the school. And the principal, Mr. Carter, came and he opened it and whatnot. And Val designed. When we were talking about the characters, mm-hmm. he came home by me, <laughs> and we designed. Val, you remember we designed the characters from wire. <laughs> so when Val say he wasn't making mass, he was making mass, and but he's he he really just did it for the love of it. Mm. There was no agenda, there was no plan in his mind that one day he'd be this great band leader. Mm-hmm. But but it was always there. It was wow. yeah. You sung awesome, some Val. <laughs> and you know, just to add one little and there. I mean, I know so far the conversation has rested in the in the hands of Kiyoshi a lot here, but. So I think really, they really think about it, offered us opportunities to express ourselves, yeah? mm. and to discover where our heart would grow. At that time, you know, we didn't know, and many of the things that we do now and that other creatives do now, those opportunities and those spaces didn't exist in those days. Yeah? Oh, yes. right, right. And Val, your mom also was very creative. Val's mom used to have, a, you know, God rest her soul, she used to have a, a school, right, Val? Yes, yes, yes. And sir. all of the paint like she would draw on the walls you know things for yeah. the children yeah. oh you remember that of that course <laughs> so Val was always encouraged at right. a young age and I think parents need to do that you know this mm. is the success stories that can happen when parents encourage their children right and it's interesting eh, because what I always say about mom is that the generation she came from she didn't understand creativity as an occupation in those days you know so mm. her, and you must remember this one I was in sixth form <laughs> Mommy thought that she was like, yes. no, you're not going to ask school, well, you're going to be a doctor. You're going yes, to yes. It was a huge impasse. And, but what I realized in retrospect, years after looking back, is when we found our uh, middle ground, uh, I mm. ended up going to business school, mm-hmm. much, much, to, much to the advice and the help of Ruby, <laughs> actually, because Ruby went to oh. business school before me. <laughs> um, but she gave me the support that I needed to find myself creatively. So even though she may, not, may have said at the time, hey, I don't want you going to art school because I don't understand how you're going to make a living there. When I started to say, well, let me try to experiment myself, she provided a roof over my head. She provided yes. three square meals for me. She provided the emotional support that I needed to be like, okay, if you need to go and do this on your own, you do your thing. But as a family, I'm here behind you. And I, I look now at like many artists that I work with who say, you know, it's sometimes it's so difficult to balance our eight to four jobs and to be able to put myself a hundred percent into my creative work so that I could discover and, and flourish. Mm. And with mom and many other situations like my mm. own, you know, she would be like, 
if you need to put yourself 100% in this and not working eight to four, you can do this. If you need to go to school full time <laughs> and do um, art projects on the side, you can do that. And I think that freedom is something that at the time as a young person, you don't see as support. Mm-hmm, but in mm-hmm. retrospect, you look back and you realize, wow, that's why I was able to do what I, what I did to be where I am now. Uh, wow. No, she was always loving and accepting of us. We'd come over and lime, she'd cook food and... Mm-hmm. and she didn't, as Val said, she didn't. Know, even my mom, sometimes they would look at us like, What madness are they up to? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> but then they let us, we would go down to Samaru, yeah. we have a set of feathers in the house, <laughs> glitter all over the place. But no, it was, it was, you know, it was nice. It was where it helped to get us to where we nice, are today. It's nice, sure. Val, but let me let me ask you, how does uh, um, someone from the queer community? have an impact on our culture when it comes to, to, to carnival? Well, I feel like when we started interacting with carnival as masqueraders, mm-hmm. I, we always used to, I don't really I don't remember this, but I used to say, oh my God, I feel like it's carnival is our Trinidadian pride. Yes, you, know? you did say that, yes. Yeah, and I still feel that way. I felt it was <laughs> a space, you know, now at that time, I had never been to Pride internationally. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. And to be fair, I didn't even know what it meant to me because I didn't know that I needed it. Mm-hmm. But what I knew is that on Carnival Monday and Tuesday and into the Carnival season, I got to dress up and be a character that I knew existed, but I didn't really have in my everyday life, mm. you know? And I got to see so many of my friends be able to go on the streets and just yes. release them out in a way that I just that we didn't know that we needed. Mm. And looking back on it now, I think that experience really provided something for people in our community that we didn't have at the time, but we didn't know again that we needed. So I think that was the first step in terms of saying, you know, what is the relationship between Carnival and that side of yourself? And even, you know, I had a conversation with a friend right after Carnival this year, and they said something similar, not in those words, but that, you know, when you look at Carnival now, whether you be from any any, any individual community or segment of, of, of life, mm. when you approach it, you come out, there is a sense of putting on the mask, almost the proverbial thing mm. of the mask mm. that comes mm. on. And I don't know if you remember back in the day when we were children, your mom, they used to talk about the bank workers because the bank workers were the archetype of corporate Trinidad. Right. And they would say, oh God, the bank people during the year, they're in clothes and they're so well poised and placed. But Monday and Tuesday, they need two And I feel like, you know, it may have been said for different reasons <laughs> by our parents in those days. Mm. But now the same idea stands where you know, the idea of putting on a mask or maybe taking off a mask depending ah, on how you look at it. Yes, it's really just yes. so amazing to me and it's something that I love to see in Carnival. Mm, nice. That's an amazing analogy. It yeah, is. It's both putting on and taking off carry. Yeah. yeah. But Val, uh, in addition to that, in addition to what you've said there, as as someone from the queer community and, you know, being... Banner, well, having the Banner of the Year title yeah, no, and being so awesome <laughs> and magnificent and creative, oh, have you ever, um, have you ever faced any negative challenges, mm. um, whether it's a, in the beginning of your career or during it, it um, being being queer? Have you ever faced any challenges? I think, con- I think consistently and constantly, but I think 
a challenge is only a challenge if you allow it to be, mm-hmm. and based on how you approach it. Now, in in the early days, as Rudy again would remember, I used to say when I entered Carnival, you know, it was only a set of red girl. I mean, not a set of red but it was, you know. Carnival was red girls everywhere designing and playing and everything, and I don't even know at that time how I had the conference kind of continue through because it wasn't a space that I really existed in. Yeah. You know, when I went there, I stuck out like a store thumb, you know. I was this uh, overweight, brown skin, long hair, queer boy from Barrett's area, mm-hmm. my family not from Mars, nothing. Like, how did I find a space that I felt comfortable? Mm-hmm. That part of it I can't explain to you. But what I could say is that I think there was a familiarity maybe in mental space in the way that we thought that allowed me to find mm-hmm. my family and tribe particularly mm-hmm. because i had a couple of other situations in other bands where i started designing or started interacting with them and i really felt at, the, at that point that carnival was a very unfriendly space mm-hmm. um not mm-hmm. only in terms of uh, you know wide discrimination or acceptance even though that was always there it was always an us and them um but i also think in terms of uh, people being threatened by something that's different. And I think ah. that was the biggest thing for me. When I entered, and I entered with whatever the perspective is that I had, um, right. Carnival didn't look like that. It didn't sound like that. Right. And it may have echoed something that, you know, maybe would have been from the days of Minchin and Barclay, but it mm-hmm. still wasn't something that the Carnival of the 90s knew. Mm-hmm. In today's world as well, I think, you know, you, you, you battle a lot with Carnival being colorful and loud and very very campy you know mm-hmm. you battle allow with it being the trinidad pride or the caribbean pride depending on how you look at it but still at the same time i think there's always a an underlying note of the us and them when it comes to the what is it what would you say the overarching straight world the overarching right um, yes you know the dogma of what is there right now to the people that are there do i feel like it has changed over the years 100 percent. i can't really tell you the, I, maybe I don't have the language myself to say what has changed, but mm-hmm. I have seen so much more, so many more doors open and so many more spaces open to allow for oneness and expression in the festival, which makes me feel like the language of Carnival really is a space to, 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 to be used as a tool in terms of the unlocking of these spaces. Mm. And, and Kari, I want to add quickly to what Val just said again, because he, I would say it for him, because mm. He may not even recognize this, and I maybe never have told him this in this way. Years ago, Peter Minshall came out in inverted commas yeah. because everybody knew, but you know, he yeah. said it. Yeah. He said it, right? And interestingly, in talking to him, and Val, you would remember meeting Wayne at my home and having yeah, some yeah. of these conversations, Wayne and uh, they always said that from in their generation, Mm. coming out was not even a thing in their mind. Like, they just went about their lives Mm. and did what they had to do, and people knew they knew. But Mm -hmm. what it did, ironically, unfortunately, is it didn't always carry a law for role models. For young queer people like us, we didn't always know who would have been our queer role models because ah. they didn't identify. Like mm-hmm. even Raymond said that a few well, before he passed away, that yeah. the only time he ever publicly identified was in 2018. Mm-hmm. But somebody like a Val is so important to the now mm-hmm. because 
while you are owning your space you are taking up space as zoe would say you are representing in your authenticity and there are so many young people mm-hmm. who through social media now and the newspapers and whatever will see your mass see you on television owning who you are and without even planning to do it you are opening doors for people you are setting those role models and that's why Carrie visibility matters so Val to you a lot of credit is due even though as as you you, you, I know you're not going about doing it but it's it's Mm -hmm. it's happening Mm -hmm. so I have to say thank you on behalf of the community for that and you know I think it is I mean I may not always be the person who can or would go and you know march in from the red house and be as vocal as i think and i i think because i don't do that always it's very important for me to to try to do it in my day-to-day life if that makes sense and yes. i just think it may not be intentional all the time but i think that living in in one's truth huh? mm-hmm. and that consciously making an effort to provide opportunity and provide space huh, is important to me Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, you know, I feel like if somehow or the other somebody provided an opportunity for me, they provided an opening for me to be able to do something despite mm-hmm. my background or my classification, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I try to do the same thing to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, the Lost Tribe particularly or any of the organizations that I am a part of, that they are a safe space and an open space for opportunity. That's really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. That's nice. But Val, let me ask you this again. So... Outside of, of Carnival, now, I, we know that you are uh, a Caribbean creative innovator, right? Like, put that out anyway, one side. I'm blushing on your radio. Yes, I, I, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> right? But outside of mass and outside of Carnival and outside of your designing, how, as a queer person, how is it that you you... you are discriminated against whenever you go to, uh, like, let's say, for instance, uh, like, the banks or you you go to party or you go to lime anything like that are you uh is discrimination do you are you discriminated against based on like how you look or how you speak your characteristics anything like that well i would say that there is a a level of discrimination that exists in the air around me mm-hmm. but what i would say is that i am very conscious of the fact that over the years in my career people do treat me or they treat my office differently. Oh. And so sometimes the way that they would treat me as a gay man, as Val, is different than they would have treated me as a gay man if I wasn't Val. Right. And it's something I've become very conscious of because uh, people know me. I, I've been in the industry for a very long time. And so the way that they would approach Val from Tribe or Val from Love Tribe coming to you to speak to you about the topic or whatever may be very differently than they may approach uh, somebody else. And it's something that I myself was not very conscious of until someone brought it to me and it was actually a very sad conversation. I mean, for me, because I didn't, I never thought about it. And they said, yeah, like, you know, these relationships you have with some of these people and stuff is based on your your office or the place that you're in right now. And it took me a little while to kind of come to terms with to understand what the person was saying. But I realized that, you know, Trinidad is a place that, you know, society sometimes is very important to many people. Mm. And yes. sometimes the way that they treat people isn't based on, you know, one segment in a bubble, but rather a combination of all the different parts of this person that make them them. Mm. No, that's an excellent observation. Mm. And I, uh, Carrie, I was on another 
station last week talking because Wednesday was zero discrimination right. day. And I own up to that as well. It, it's Val, myself, others, we've developed certain privileges mm. that come with office or title or what have you. Mm. And I share that with you as well. That's And I think that's why when we can, we do make time to use those privileges to help others that don't have them. Mm. And like an allyship is important, Val. I think sure. you have so many friends, close friends, who are from the straight community that mm -hmm. have supported you through the years. And I and I always am thankful for those our allies, right? Do you know over the years as well? I'm I'm just um pulling from that conversation I just referenced. Mm. I have so many friends who have come to me and apologized for mm. the way that they have treated me in the past. And it's wow. kind of funny because, I mean, really knows me as well. Sometimes I'm a very, I mean, I'm a boy that keeps my head down and work, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I focus on the goals and the art in front of me. And sometimes as an artist, my, I get lost in the clouds many times. So sometimes I don't really see what's happening in front of me. Mm -hmm. But I have people who have messaged me and they said, you know, I, I want to apologize for being discriminatory, treating you in this way, whether it be in school or whether it be in differences. And in some, some of those situations, I didn't even realize it was happening. And that's why earlier, you know, I, I tried to very delicately say that the discrimination is in the air around you sometimes, and <laughs> sometimes you may not even know that <laughs> even it's there. No. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Recently, one, one guy messaged me, um, who, again, I've known this person forever, and he's such a nice guy. And he said, you know, when we were younger in university, he had to apologize for certain circumstances that happened and he's so proud of me where I am now and now he has a son that's in high school and I think you know they're now going through those conversations where he's oh. realizing and he said you know now that I'm a father and I'm now seeing this circumstance from you know mm -hmm. from a father's perspective with a different love in my eyes a different perspective different glasses on you know I just had to reach out and I just was so moved by that Mm. Wow, a full circle moment there. Yeah, but no, you're right. It, sometimes we, you know, Carrie, we we have no choice sometimes but to become desensitized to mm. it because if we go to take on every single, my, I mean, w we were bullied at school. Yeah, we had friends who defended us and thank God for them and mm. and the teachers and our parents, but. I know there mm. literally every day somebody would have something to tell us. Yeah. And if yeah. we if, our, if we went to take on all and there were there were very trying times. I mean I don't want to bring up all of that, but yeah. mm. it, there were some trying times for both of us mm. and other friends, other gay friends and but we helped out each other mm. and and it it also makes you who you are. Mm. But but I'm glad you shared that with us Val because yes, I I do think sometimes we do become desensitized mm. and uh, things pass yeah yeah but now that we touch on that topic val i want to ask you the f the first time you came out when you came out and you 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 you, you came and be yourself right was that like was that like something difficult or how did persons react to it well child <laughs> i waited to hear this answer with bated <laughs> breath it's so fun. like I, I love the rumors on this call because I don't think I really had a, a coming out story in the cinematic. Uh, no, but, but, I, but I, I definitely had that 
self-realization moment. I think mm. in a way I always knew, but you know, in the conversation so far, we've spoken a lot about support, whether it be from the family structure right. or from the wider community. And Rudy and I being friends in school, I think was really big for me because right. I had another friend that I could, even if it wasn't through vocalization, I could soundboard my life right. too. So there was a lot of conversations with us, you know, walking to and from school. There was a lot of conversations through the things that we liked, the fashion, the, the, the music, the, the art, the everything that allowed that relationship or our closer friend group to be a safe space for me to kind of discover myself. Right. And again, at a time where maybe the wider school community was not as receptive or maybe your family or your individual other spaces were in a space that they even understood what you were now trying to discover to understand. Hmm. What I would say is that as time progressed from high school into university, for me, um, I, I felt very confident in myself. Hmm. Um, it wasn't always, I'm not always confident every single day, even up to now. Hmm. I'm not always <laughs> every single day up to now, you know, that's life. But I think I was able to find a place where I felt very happy with who I was yeah, and who God made me after yeah. as and it allowed me a strength to be able to go through school. Because when we went to university, I didn't have uh, the Rudy anymore in my life or <laughs> those other friends because we were in different spaces. Yeah. And, you know, I had a group of friends who were all predominantly straight, uh, mm-hmm. um, but who offered me the same love and, and system that I found wow. in my uh, prior community. Hmm. Wow. That's <sighs> nice. Carrie, have us good. I, you I, have I, us going through the the motions here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, people should know. People yeah. should understand. And the only way how they would understand is if we interact and we ask questions, so that the the listening public out there, Val and and Rudy, mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't know. So for us to come out and have this show actually, and and you know, create this avenue so that anyone, anyone who who from the queer community or even behind closed doors in in inverted mm-hmm. commas you know they could be able to feel safe right so val to wrap up our conversation what do you have to say to anyone in the queer community or anyone who is you know afraid to come out and say well this is me oh my god <laughs> i say i answer this in two parts the first part is uh, I love that we are living in the age that we are living in right now where mm-hmm. there is so much room for you to shine. Like, I feel like, because this conversation has taken me back to the early 90s and back to our wow. time right now, back and forth so much that yes. you can't help but think about the comparison of how we have grown in the past 20, 30 years. Like, that's crazy to me. Mm. And you live in a world right now where people want to love you. And they want to love mm-hmm. you for your individuality and don't forget that. Even mm-hmm. though there may be others out there that are trying to dim your shine, you know? As they say, don't let them rain on your parade. <laughs> on, on the flip side, part two to my answer is, uh, we live in a world and we live in a reality that is real. Mm-hmm. Everyone's reality is different. And I do think that you need to look at it and analyze it. I want my community to be safe. I want my community to feel protected. I want my community to be in a space that is an oasis for them to be able to grow. And mm. sometimes individual circumstances don't always provide that. And I don't want anybody to, you know, be in danger. But there is always an avenue out of it. So much mm. real form. Even if you can't see it, talk to your friend, you know. Yes. Find the find the Ruby in your life, whoever that may be or the Val. in your life, you know. <laughs> you will always have that person there. Mm. 
Wow. Wow. That was Thank nice. you, Val. Yes. Thank you so much, Val. Thank you so you much. You see why he's my oh, friend? Well, yes, you. I see why. I see why. This is really lovely and unexpected. I didn't expect this conversation to go the same as very, very different from my other interviews. <laughs> well, well, yes, it's a different spin. Yes. <laughs> but no, this we're really happy that you spend some time with us, Val. You know, we have a lot of listeners out there trying to navigate this space and uh, sharing is important so thank you for all that you do and we can't wait to see the designs next year carrie mm. i played for mars for the first time with val you know Serious? when yes when lost tribe came out i had to go and support my friend yes i will show carrie the pictures <laughs> all right well, I we thank wish you, you all so the best much. continued success thanks for joining thank us all so right much. and hopefully sorry I said thank you all for this, for doing this, yes. and everyone at the station as well. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I hope we will have you back again before the carnival. Yes, we should. You understand? Sure, tell me when. I'll so, be speaking. Of course, no problem. <laughs> thank you so much, Val. Thanks for joining Take us. Care, babe. Take care, babe. Bye bye. That was Val Mickey oh, Mirage. You see, he is the creator of the Lost Tribe. Mm -hmm. Which one band of the year this year? Yeah, and he and of course he has a lot to say about the overall designs mm. of Tribe. Huh? Yeah. Um I, I don't want to speak out of term, but I think he is, if not the creative director for the whole band, but definitely mm. one of the creative directors at Tribe. And and it's it's important that young people also take up this space. Mm. Put, like put in a box for a moment that you know his identity and whatever just as a young designer Carrie, yeah. it's important for them to take this space up yeah. and keep our mass moving forward and uh, coming back to mm. our conversation last week uh, we were saying that you know so many so many persons from the queer community is involved in, in our everyday life in our everyday celebrations yeah. and, and you know we, 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 we take it for granted you know, and is it that you realize you played with tribe this year? You understand? You play with tribe, and, and you are you are against persons from the queer yeah, community. Did you, yeah. did you ask them mm -hmm. who designed the costume? No, you didn't. But and no. it's not just tribe. Of course not. <laughs> As, and we'll hear shortly from another. Yeah. But it's it's. Do you ask the doctor? Who's mm. about to save your life? Mm. Do you ask the taxi driver who's taking you to work? Yeah. Or the teacher. These things, in, a, in an ideal world, this shouldn't even be a discussion point. Yeah. But because we are pushing against that discrimination, as Val said, that is still in the air, we have no choice but to talk about it. Yeah. But maybe one day, Carrie? One day, I think, I think we it wouldn't um, matter. I think it's, it's coming out of that whole taboo thing, and I think it's, it's generally being accepted in terms of, you know, persons are not... Persons are not like looking down as much as how much of a years ago. Yeah. You know, it's now being it's now being relayed like, all right, if that's if if that's their option or that's their decision, well okay. And I, I think I'm seeing that it now. Is, yes. I'm seeing that now as compared to like about eight, nine, ten years ago. And discussions, programs like these help. Mm -hmm. It helps with the snowball effect to get it over the line. Yeah. So mm. wow. Ooh. I need a little break. You need a break. <laughs> a what? <laughs> <laughs> but guys, that was Valmiki. Valmiki Mirage. He is a Caribbean creative innovator. And uh, let me just give you a little history about him before 
We, yes. we jump back into our break. In 2008, Valmiki collaborated with Tribe on their presentation, Birds of a Feather, which took to the streets of Port of Spain the following year. And you know what? The rest is history. history. So he is currently the creative director of the Tribe Group, director See? of the Lost Tribe, yes. and a close partner of Ultimate Events Limited. And he has gained a reputation for not only consistently producing beautiful sought-after carnival costumes, but as one of Trinidad and Tobago's premier event and show designers. Yeah. So look at that. Look at that, Rudy. Look at that. He takes Trinidad all over the world. Yeah. Wherever he is called upon to represent He's an ambassador just like any other ambassador, whether it's a sportsman, a diplomat, mm. anyone that is operating out there in the world that carries that Trinidad and Tobago yeah. flag. And he's loved. You know what that's the other thing? Eh? Queer people are loved in other countries, sometimes more mm. than our own country. And that's why some of us have had to leave. And maybe one program mm. will deal specifically with that. With people that. who've left to go elsewhere. I mean, yeah, well, Trinidad's just pull on everybody. Yeah, not just that. Yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. saying. Well, yeah. You know, you know how how we just operate when we're ready. But what I'm saying is that you don't ask who designed no. your costume. You don't ask who. Uh, what, what is your sexual orientation? You know, to do makeup on your face or to do your hair or, or to, to 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 guide you in a particular way. You don't ask. You just you just got you just get that service. You pay your money and you jump you up and you have yeah, fun and, and everything that's like what that. It should be about. And I don't know why persons are making such a big deal out of it because well, queer persons are here. <laughs> we are. We're not part. You know, figments of your imagination. <laughs> really don't make me laugh. Hey guys, you sure you're talking to somebody real? Well, well, I'm the. You don't know imagining this whole conversation. Well, true. <laughs> Ah, sigh. <laughs> Guys, it's Freedom 106.5 FM where you speak your mind. It, this is Love is Love. Every Sunday we do it from 3 to 5 p.m. with Carrie and Rudy. We are going to take a break. When we come back, it's much, much more. Keep it locked. Talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back to Love is Love right here on Freedom 106.5 FM where you speak your mind. And if you're now joining us, good afternoon good and welcome. Good afternoon. Yeah. Welcome to our number two. Yeah, yeah. It's Carrie V alongside Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. And right now we are talking about culture and uh, the queer community. Yes. But let's delve out of that a little bit, Rudy. Mm -hmm. And let us talk about openness. 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 Let's talk about how easy or difficult it uh -huh. is for someone from the queer community to come out. What, what are your thoughts on that? It's difficult. It's difficult e even when you have support systems so where your family may be more open-minded or you live in a space where people tend to be more progressive you still have to deal with the rest of the world. Mm. And when you look at social media, which has now become the public square, so if you go to any news story about pride, for example, mm. or you go to the news, for example, the Instagram post you were talking about earlier yeah. with the man who dressed in women's clothing, mm -hmm. anything, even on TikTok, 
a friend of mine had to come off of TikTok because people were threatening to kill him because he was queer. So in when you look at social media and you look at the comments, mm. any queer person thinking about quote-unquote coming out mm. knows that that is still in the air, as Val said. It is still mm. there to be dealt with. So it is difficult because you, even in the school system, we still don't have enough education and enough support systems. So in some schools, you may have a guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. In some schools, you may have teachers who are more open-minded. Mm -hmm. But in another school, you might have teachers themselves who, make, who are making fun of you. What? So you are learning from school hmm. because your your peers are teasing you. Right. You have teachers, some some teachers, teachers who are participating in that or, mm. or making snide remarks. Mm. You don't have the support at home. at home. You can't go and say, "Mommy, Daddy, I'm queer." And by the way, my teacher made a joke about queer people in class, and and the parents will go in school and write or write a letter or whatever. And you don't have that. Mm -hmm. So you are learning from eleven, thirteen, sixteen years old. Mm -hmm. I better keep my tail in that Inside. closet and be quiet. Because mm. if I have to get a job or I have to make other friends or whatever in the mm. uh, in the in my adult life, mm. I'm gonna face this same kind of discrimination mm. or worse. Is there <clears throat> is there an easy way? Is there an easy way to, to come out? There's no easy way, Carrie. It, it, it and it's a very unique experience for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some of us as as Val said, he made me laugh because we didn't really have to come out. We sort of always were in our own skin. You know where it is even, <laughs> this is going to sound very ironic, but you know where it's most difficult? For straight passing queer people. Mm. So straight right. men, right. not straight men, <laughs> stra queer men who who are, who are very, and I'm using stereotypes, right? And you look at them from a distance, you would presume that they are straight yeah. because of how they speak, walk, dress, right. whatever. Their characteristics as well. They have it the hardest to come out because, remember, for their whole life, they have been accepted. Mm -hmm. They have been welcomed. They are part of everything. Mm -hmm. But they know that it is a big possibility when somebody finds out, if they ever find out, mm. all of that is going to be lost. Mm. Or a large part of it might be lost. Mm. For, for those of us who didn't have that privilege, for tho those of us who were identified as gay early because right. for whatever reason... We never had anything to start with. Yeah. We never had all these, you know, fantastic relationships and people inviting us out and including us and stuff, mm. you know. So for us, it's kind of like, well, all right, yeah. I already halfway there, three quarters there, I might as well just put mm. up my hand and say, all right, mm. I am whatever. Yeah. But the straight passing man who is queer has a hard time. Mm. They straight passing lesbian 
may also have a similar type of experience. Mm. Uh, but again, as you as you were touching on earlier, women's it, it's it's kind of easier. It's easier somehow. Somehow it is. It, it, because yeah, it's I a mean, different kind of. There are there was some time. I think it was about two weeks ago. I was at my oh. second job, and you know, just sitting out there, just you know, people watching because I like to people watch, mm-hmm. right? And a group of school girls, they were like standing right around the area and they were just having these conversations about, you know, being being a lesbian. And I, really? I, I, yeah, like, like normal, 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 normal. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about okay. after three, four o'clock in the afternoon. So where my second job is that time, the place full mm. and pack of persons, right? Mm-hmm. And I spun around and I said, but. How is this so normal? Because yeah, you wouldn't know. I mean, in our age group, we didn't have those kinds of conversations. But what I what like I that. what I looked at is that they were a group of 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 girls. Right. So I because st- there it had the cliques, right? So it had the group of girls. It had the group of guys across uh-huh. there, and then it had the mix, and then it, so okay. the, I watching the group of girls and I listening to them talking, and I say, but. All right. But then I said, I wonder if that group of, of guys mm-hmm. there, if they would say something so boldly right. and so loud, you right. know? So yes. whereas for girls or for women, when they talk about that, when they, they, when they talk about being bi or when mm. they talk about being a lesbian, it, it's, it's normal. It's, it's something normal that they would just come out and, and talk about with their friends and people mm-hmm. laugh and say, girl, that cool, yeah. you know, but. It's different for there males. There is a difference. There is a big difference. And it's something that a lot of psychologists have tried to, to talk about and, and interrogate. The, the, there, Of course, there's bullying in, in girls' schools, in, in, among girls. Uh, of course, there are fights as well and, and, and things that people get yeah, te- teased about. Yeah, we are seeing plenty fights. Exactly. Yeah. But, but that particular... You see, when it comes to sexuality, there's a... I don't know what to... How, I don't, know, I don't have line? the language to define it. Is there a thin But there's line? a difference. Because, I mean, it, mm. it, to me, and, and I'm just saying, I'm just mm. sitting there drinking my juice, minding my own business, and it was like a normal conversation. And, and, the, and yeah, and I like this one, and I like Shanice, and I, and I say, but okay, all right, you know. But in a way, I'm... What, I, what word I want to say? I, that is healthy in a way that but why is it healthy for a girl or a woman and it's not healthy for well, a man or well, a boy well that's what i'm trying yes. to that's that's the point i'm the, trying to bring why is it <laughs> why is it why is there a difference why is there a huge because difference men, because men are not supposed to have emotions like i don't know and it it I'm, I'm sorry i mean to i know stoops. but i don't know i'm sorry to <laughs> i'm sorry to stoop at it because I find that, you know, they have men in this 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 bubble or in this yes, box, yes. and they have to be a particular way and act a particular way and and, and respond to things but in a particular that way. That is why the prevalence of suicide in males is higher than in females. It's mm. it's proven. The data is there. Men are forced, as you said, to live in this box, and they cannot. They don't feel. And I am not excusing violence at all. I want to be clear, right? But psychologists have tied the the fact that men are constrained in their emotional expression to 
the reason why some men are violent hmm. and why some men hit people. Hmm. It, it is, it is, there's a clear correlation. And I believe, I'm speaking from my own personal opinion, I have a much more healthy mental state for my life. Because I have always been in touch with my feelings and mm. my emotions. I, I'd have to bottle it up and hide it away and, pre- and be afraid. Yeah. Uh, and I could talk to my friends openly. You know, yeah. I say, um, even my straight friends. I remember one guy, his girlfriend left him once and we were liming and he started to cry and, thing, and none of us made fun of him. Yeah. There were gay and straight guys liming together. Nobody turned around and said, what happened? Yeah, where are you crying? Man, no. Man up there. Because... In that space, all of us knew what it felt like yeah. for somebody to break up with you. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. Mm. And maybe we had cried about it too. Yeah. So it was. it's good that in certain spaces like that, people can find support without mm-hmm. feeling judged. Mm-hmm. But imagine if he didn't feel comfortable. He would not come and tell us how no. he feeling. And next thing you hear, he'd take tablets yeah. or end up in your hospital or worse yeah and then we would have been like, oh gosh if he had told what we would have do true 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 so so i'm glad you're asking that question and i, I haven't thought about it for a long time but it, yeah. there is a big difference i remember michael phelps the swimmer uh-huh. the american swimmer yes. when he came out i mean i was heartbroken <laughs> because i was in love with that tall swimmer oh my gosh and then i realized that after that I I hardly saw him in the spotlight. And at the time I was thinking, but so now now that you came on, now you're not used to see him in the spotlight all the time. You used mm. to hear about him, you know, you used to read about him, you used to see pictures and everything like that. And now that he came out as being gay, you don't hear about him, you don't see him, you you Do so you, I is didn't it that I realize I forgot about all you that. You see? Wow. So is it that now someone like let's say for instance in his stature Mm -hmm. is it that when you come out is it that does it does that mean that you are no longer highlighted or because because of your your sexual preference well is that we've we've read about those things we've we've read about all of a sudden you're treated differently Mm. in the media I don't know if you'd recall when Michelle Michelle Leahy, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> that that was a very problematic mm. press coverage, yeah. and uh, the the you know, but again, the media has to learn, and I think I want to say that the media houses in Trinidad have been very open. I mean, look at this program again, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever missteps they have made in the past, I think that they have come a long way. So in Trinidad and Tobago, I do I wouldn't say that the media covers queer people differently. Right. But in other places, I think that that happens. Where if the media house believes, so if we use Michael as an example, maybe I'm 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 sort of speculating here. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he was considered to be straight, more people would buy the newspapers, as you say, to look at him or whatever. Yeah. And when he came out, the papers might have said, well, women are buying this again to look at him. So mm. we'll put some other athletes. So they might replace him 
the spotlight on him with a straight athlete mm. because they think that they could sell more than I don't know maybe that is some, sometimes what happens mm. in the business of media mm. but but long ago yes from the time you came out or you were you not even if you didn't come out if somebody outed you mm. there there's evidence to show that you would be shut up you would be silent you would no longer you'd be persona non grata mm. not important anymore yeah. because you are immoral you are of those people you're yeah. a queer you're whatever mm. so it's all possible hmm. but i want to hear from you guys i, I want to hear from you i want you to call me 627-3223-625-2257 send me a whatsapp message as well on 3061065 we are talking about openness we are talking about coming out um we are talking about how difficult it is or not difficult it is. I want to hear your views on someone coming out. And I, I really want us to be respectful, of course. And uh, give us your thoughts and give us your views on it. This is Love is Love on Freedom 106.5 FM where you speak your mind. I know you are listening to us and you have <laughs> questions and you, you, you have comments. I know some of you all don't agree with what we are speaking about. And this, that is okay. That is fine. I know that some of you are interested in yes. what we have to say. You can call us. This join the conversation. Join it. Join the conversation. 627-3223-625-2257 or 306-1065. But really, while we wait for the calls and the messages, I know we have another guest yes. coming up. You want to introduce her? Certainly. So <laughs> another close friend of mine, Aaron Schneider. <laughs> Aaron grew up in the theater amongst his family his cousins were band leaders and band designers and as i said when i met him he was a young thespian he was getting involved in the theater and he started working with wayne barkley mm -hmm. wayne was at that time he had unfortunately suffered a stroke or two mm -hmm. in the latter part of his life and he needed an apprentice who could assist him in his designs. And he met up with Aaron, and again, quite naturally, mm -hmm. Aaron's uh, talent started to show. Uh, Aaron has graced the stage of Queen's Hall, Naprima Bowl, Little Carib Theatre, with a number of presentations in leading roles. Mm -hmm. And he this carnival he was actually the designer for a number of bands so he could tell us a little bit more about that but yeah aaron schneider also part of 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 winning bands uh you know participating in a number of cultural events and designing outside of carnival mm. as well mm. so we're really happy to have him with us nice and we'll have him uh, probably in about 10 minutes if so much but guys you can call me 627-3223-625-2257 or you can even send me a whatsapp message on 306-1065 we are talking about coming out and being open Hello, Carrie V. Hello, Rudy. Hello. Pythagoras here. Hey, how are you doing? Your guest is a living example of the expansive nature of the LGBTQIA2S+. That's a lot. I, I don't know what the rest means. But yeah. Community. These are persons who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and or gender expansive, queer, yes. and or questioning intersex, asexual, and two-spirit 
our members yes oh yes. right that's yes. where the two us came from our members of every community and provide incredibly important contributions to wow. society every day now here is a bit of empowerment next week sunday march 12th is the transition awareness day which is DAD, Dad. Right. In teaching a diversity in the workplace class at a university here in the U.S. last week, I discussed Zero Transition Day on March 1st, and I also addressed the Transition Awareness Day on March 12th. Mm -hmm. As an educator, I bring to the fore the knowledge and understanding of what is the transition. As many people are totally unaware of this concept, idea, or perception, as many are with the several inklings of the LGBTQIA2S+. The transitioners are people who have decided to stop or even reverse a social or medical transition. People's desire for transition comes from the feeling they were born in the wrong body in opposition to cisgender persons whose sense of personal identity and gender corresponds with their birth sex. And so, Carrie, the transitioners are folks who decided to walk the path of acceptance of their biological sex. Dad, which is the which is Detransition Awareness Day, mm -hmm. draws attention to detransition and tackles the stigma around it, surrounding it. And FYI, for your listeners, Post Trans, a project created to support female detransitioners, launched a booklet called Gender Detransition, a path towards self-acceptance. And this is an excellent resource for those wanting to understand more about gender identity. As a strong proponent of education, I believe it is the responsibility of every educator to share the knowledge and empower the current and next generation of the LGBTQIA2S plus community with whom they will have to share this planet. Peace out, sis. Pythagoras of Maryland. Knowledge is power. Sharing knowledge is empowerment. Well, that's, I think that this shows the depth of mm -hmm. what is being discussed. It's it's a very complex issue. You know, my mind just blew, yeah, right? It, it's, it, it just like... Pff. And that is a whole conversation by itself. Wow. That queer... So within the queer spectrum gay men, gay women, for example, we don't have the lived experience of a trans person. So we've had trans people on the program mm -hmm. and I do think we need to have some more conversations. Yeah, because with I mean we have the, the lesbians, we have gays, we have bisexual, transgender, gender expansive, queer and or questioning, intersex, asexual and two spirit. I didn't even know that. The two-spirit harkens back to what I was telling you about the native peoples. Mm. That's what they called people who within themselves had both the masculine and the feminine. Oh. Because so, some of their religious expressions, mm -hmm. they, and I'm speaking generally again, but some of them they see the God figure as a binary figure. God is neither right, male, male or female. female right. God is everything in nature. Mm. So when you listen to even our first peoples and their prayers, they don't say he 
when they're referring to God. Hmm. What do they say? They refer to the spirit. Right. To the Godhead. Not, it's not, God is never masculinized alone. So, again, and these are people who predated colonialism. They predated Christianity. So, what are people going to turn around and say that their way of praying is wrong? Mm. So, it's, it's again, it's a very complex set of issues at play. Wow. I still, I still in awe here. I did not even know that all these different, um, these different, shall I say, adjectives? Acron acronyms? Well, yeah. Segments. Well, segments, right? I did not even <laughs> know that it existed. And... Now that this was mentioned to me, now it, it makes me want to now go and, and, and Dr. Google it and, 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 and get some yes, more information. Yes, and people should because people need to figure out themselves. Mm. And you could figure out yourself if you did some research. Maybe you're feeling certain things. Mm. Don't jump to a conclusion that you're gay or you're bisexual or you're anything. Go and do the research. Mm. Wow. Whew. Okay. I don't even know. I I I'm still stuck in 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 this <laughs> in this trance, Rudy. Uh, guys. Anyway, we are gonna take a break. When we come back, it's much more. We're gonna be speaking with our guests, right? And I know that it's gonna be something that you're gonna look forward to. Don't forget, you can call us six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven. You can even send us a WhatsApp message on three zero six. 1065. We are going to be right back. This is Freedom 106.5 FM where you speak your mind. Love is love with Carrie V and Rudy Hanamji. Keep it locked. Talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Guys, good afternoon good and welcome afternoon back. Again. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. back to Freedom 106.5 FM where you speak your mind. This is Love is Love, which we do every, every Sunday, Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. With Carrie V and Rudy. Rudy. So, Rudy. Yes. I know we have somebody special. Oh, yes. Right on the line, waiting for us. Would you care to introduce him? Yes. So, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, for those <laughs> of you joining us now, <laughs> we have live with us Aaron Schneider, a good friend of mine for more than 20 years. Aaron, <laughs> I already told them about your illustrious background, <laughs> working with Wayne, gracing the stages of Queen's Hall and Naparima Bowl. And the fact that you've been designing for years with not just mass, but throughout culture and the arts. So, Aaron, thank you so much. I know we had you waiting for a little bit. How are you? I am great, Rudy, and thank you so much for having me. Hello, Carrie. Hi, thank um, you so much for joining us today. Rudy, I think you need to um, write down that introduction for me. I quite like it. Okay, <laughs> I will. I, will. I, pro I promise you, I will send you that bio. Mm. It's lovely. <laughs> you so, sound better. I know you were a little bit under the weather recently. Yeah, we got my workshop and myself, we got washed over with the post-carnival COVID. Yeah. Oh. Mm. The funny thing is that we never even left the workshop. It Imagine. Mm. And we just... But everyone's good now. Everyone's Thank good. Everything. Thank God. That's great. But but Aaron, before we jump into the, the official interview with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um well what aspect? <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's talk about let's talk about uh what what inspired you to to be a, an awesome person in the in the parts of culture and carnival. Well girl, um 
from sorry, I'm 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 assuming pronouns, but I call everybody girl. <laughs> she's a, she's a lovely girl, uh, yes, she is. She <laughs> is. <laughs> right, but um, from it's hard to find a specific inspiration. I do remember being a very young boy mm-hmm. and seeing Man Crab by Man on Crab the stage. And when Man Crab shot that blood up into that white piece of cloth, I went to my mother. I think wow. so. I, I, maybe in my mind, I went to my mother. But um, <laughs> I remember at that moment thinking, "This is what I want to do with my life." And I was a, I was a, a, a child, mm. and I've never had any other option. I mean, I had two things that I wanted to do: act and design carnival. Mm. And the universe, God, you know, the highest spirits have always blessed me so that I've been able to find work in those two fields. So inspiration came just quite organically at a very young age. Mm. Aaron, w- remind listeners, uh, you, so your design company, it, you, you do have a design company. And yeah, um, you could tell them a little bit about it. Right. My partner and myself run a, a production design facility called Rainbird TT. Um, right. It has been me for a long time, and then uh, my partner came on board about five years ago, and I found that he had a uh, a calling in this general area as well, and is pretty good at it. And we started to work together and expanded on our uh, portfolio, and now we run a, a little prototyping production facility, and we we service uh, many carnivals around the world, um, and that's that's what my time is filled with now. Yes. Now the, the when we first became friends, mm-hmm. I the goal. girl, <laughs> <laughs> don't give away the age. Um, I, I remember I was telling the audience earlier that at that time you had started working with Wayne, right? And Wayne, unfortunately, he had suffered the strokes. Yes. And uh, he really needed someone that was talented enough to help him manifest what he still had in his brain. Right, right. Could you share a little bit about that as a first time? You know, Aaron, we will curse sometimes, you and I and others, but you know there are people who don't know Wayne Barclay's name anymore. I realize this, Judy. let me give you some space to talk about him and that experience and what it might have meant for you as well. Right, well, um... At 18 years old, I left Trinidad to pursue art in uh, uh, um, London. When I got there, I realized that it was just simply too expensive to be able to finish the course of work that I wanted to do. And hence, I had no uh, real uh, plan but to return home. So I came back home and I said to myself, if I'm not going to go to school doing this, I'm going to go to the best school I possibly know how. So I reached out to two of my icons, Minchel and, and Barkley. Um. They were both receptive. But at the time, Wayne was, I think, more enthusiastic about the idea of moving forward and right. doing an apprenticeship and all that. And it is one of the things that I hold, the experiences I hold so close to my heart because I got to be in the studio with Wayne, mm-hmm. creating, learning step by step process by process how everything was done and even though Wayne had suffered two strokes at the time and was only functional on half of his body he was still able to instruct me in his method and ways and allowed me the freedom of design to say okay you know what I trust you now 
take yes. and allowed me to design yeah. a bank for Trini Revelers that would one first place that year. But the ability to have sat with legend and learn from legend and still be here today to be able to now translate that into what it needs to be for our commercialized version of Carnival today. For me, it's a, an amazing gift and, I, and, and I'm so grateful to have been born in the time that I was, that I could have dipped my foot in the pool yes. of the grave and still trail that water into this current carnival that we have now. Working with Wayne was one of the best things that has ever happened to me, ever. Wow. And you, you know, it, we, we don't see the, the magnificence of life, like our experiences sometimes in the moment. But mm. as you said, looking back on it now, it to me it just lo- it to me it felt like the universe just knew that it had to align for you in that way because now you have that legacy to continue building upon and creating mm. your own legacy. Exactly. You know. Exactly. The passing of the baton. Mm. Now, as we speak about that, so earlier in the program, we were talking about the fact that when we were growing up, well, when people our age was, we were growing up. Mm. Our queer icons did not necessarily identify as queer. And right. we understand why, and that's a whole other conversation by itself, right? right. right? So we don't hold it against them. Mm. But they were just who they were. I think, I mean, you might remember when, when I'm just, I, I, I'm giggling at myself, <laughs> but you might remember when late in Wayne's life, he had those phone calls where he would call everybody and, you know, let us in on a secret. And, <laughs> and we were like, we were like, Wayne, um, <laughs> that's not a secret. But, um, but, and, and, you know, Raymond spoke about it at the first Pride. He said that yeah. only in 2018, he felt comfortable to openly identify. Yet, you know, we knew so what what where do you think your you're talking about the baton being transferred right but in terms of how you occupy space and your identity do you think that now is a different time where younger people can look at people like us who are taking up space and and just owning our identity and and kind of what what responsibility do you think you have in the mass and design as a role model? Well, um, how to unpack that? But I know, it's a lot. First, I want to address the identity that uh, the older generation of um, the ones we would have looked up to growing up. I, I want to address their identity and occupying space so then I can transfer yes. to my identity. For me, Wayne Minchel. Uh, Godfrey Steely, Raymond mm-hmm. Chu Kong, all of the queer icons in Trinidad and Tobago were themselves, forcefully themselves, almost as if it was an anti-subconscious oh, statement yes. towards the fact that they couldn't say, I am gay. Mm. So they dressed it, they spoke it, they asked it, they embodied it. You know, I mean, as you said, when somebody, I have something to tell you. I am here. <laughs> Honey, everybody knows. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so for now, that we live in a time where it's um, such a sort of mushrooming of recognition of gender mm-hmm. differences, sexual mm-hmm. differences, as a gay man, my responsibility now is basically to take what they gave me, live right. myself, be right. myself, and then be able to speak about self and open that conversation in any space 
Mm. Whether it be in the church that speaks about homosexuality being a problem, or by your auntie house who don't like right. how to speak my truth, honestly, openly, and calmly, I am gay. Mm. And you know what's funny? I grew up in Paramin, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of stumbled into my homosexuality by meeting my first partner and falling in love, and didn't even know any of this, what was going on. Mm. I didn't even know I was gay. Mm. And he came to live with me in Parmen and the entire village, the entire village had this guttural opposing reaction. Wow. You know, so every day I was called Bolaman, I was called this, that, the other. And on Sundays, the, the neighborhood children would gather above my house to pelt it with rocks. Yes, and I remember you told me that story. You see, Carrie, you're hearing it for yourself. Because every Sunday. Wow. Every Sunday, so you know. It was a route. It was they would go and bathe in the river and when they were done they would pick whatever fruit it had and come and pelt my house for hours. Bolaman, <laughs> hours. Oh, oh um so that all this long story to bring you to the tie up, that all ended one day I was walking through a space in Paramin where they would always call me Bolaman, uh-huh. Bolaman. And of course they started Bolaman, Bolaman and that day I spun around and I just said, Yeah, what? It never happened again. Oh. It never happened again. And it wasn't because I think that I had a, a, a an a aggressive reaction or they saw the hurt or they saw the pain. I was so calm that day. I don't know what. I just turned around and I was like, yes, what? And then they realized, well, this is no it, fun anymore. That's but, it. And, and, and that's what I come with because, I mean, it used to affect you at a point in time. And then now when you accept and you're like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. it, it's not it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> you know? Wow. Isabella, man, your father sleeping with his cousin. I mean, oh, 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 gosh. Gosh. oh, 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 you disempower the bullies, you know. Yeah. They, they, they have nothing on you again. Yeah. And it's difficult, Erin, when younger people, because I'm sure as we get a little older, we, enc- we engage with younger people. And I'm sure they've asked you, like they asked me, well, you know, how do you come out? Or can you give us advice? And this mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah. it, it's really a unique journey, right? It's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Not at all. It's... it's I think it's different for every single person. Mm-hmm. You know, circumstance, family, everyone has a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, we are living in a time now when I think it is, we still face so many challenges, but it's still easier than it has been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's easier now. Now. But let's say, for instance, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, how would you, how, how different is it from today? Oh, I mean, the internet and um, social media has exploded the infinitum of, of, of gender and sexualities that exist. So, I mm. mean, right now, it, it, uh, as opposed to 15 years ago, it's almost like, oh, you gay? Well, you kind of old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, are you transgender? Because there's so many different facets of self-presenting self in yes. the mm. now yes. that identifying as gay is no longer the sort of pinnacle point of evil that it was. Mm. It can't be. It just can't be anymore. So mm. I think 15 years ago to now, it is crazy different. 
create, I can see it in my own family. My family 15 years ah. ago, but now, what they have accepted, what they have learned to love and tolerate, and mm. what they have learned to accept as true identification of self in mm. all its facets is so different. Mm. I I used to have some fun, Erin, I must tell you, when I would come to your plays, and <laughs> you would have, in some of them, you would, of course, be the leading role, the protagonist, <laughs> the male yeah. role. Yeah. And Carrie, I don't know if you if you know my friend, but mm. when he's ready for them, he's look. I could imagine just You hear the voice. Yeah, of course. And these women in the audience would want to throw themselves <laughs> at you. And I know you used to have some fun with them, right? But the point I'm getting at is, isn't it so strange that people place these stereotypes on persons, right? And mm -hmm. and then when they find out the truth, they, sometimes there's this complete shift, like almost in their mind, you're a completely different mm. person than who yeah. they were. How, how has that, has that ever affected you in the theater or how have you dealt well, with that? I generally, I mean, with few exceptions, but I generally play the role of the straight um, male character you know, all the misogyny, all the patriarchy right. written into the character. <laughs> I play the man who does sleep with two and three women and whatever. And then when the when anyone can push further beyond that lay and really get to know me, follow me on Instagram. Right. Instagram, and they realize that, oh, she's a big hen. <laughs> all of a sudden, you would feel that sort of pull away like, oh. Oh, oh there's I, a disappointment. Yes, it's like, well, damn, this is not the fantasy I had in my mind. Oh my wow. gosh! I thought you would have messaged me some rude things late in the night. You but know, that's a testimony to how good of an actor you mm. are, because well, you're, you're convincing. <laughs> well, th that's the job. So yes. <laughs> but that, but, but that raises another sort of point that we've talked about on the show. The, the, the the need for queer persons sometimes who are forced to be to act to put on a mask mm. in society and and the toll that might take on them it is exhausting it creates i have come into contact with so many queer folk whose entire life trajectory has been instructed by the very mask that they have to wear people mm. who have had to leave their families because of the mass, people mm. had to leave jobs, yes. um, leave their country, leave their school, because the mass exhausts us. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's tiresome and it's tiring and it, it, it can affect your life trajectory. Mm. Your life can become a result of that mass and it's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. You know, and we should do the best we can to allow people to calmly stay self in space mm. and just be. Uh, and do you think that mass going back quickly before we have to wrap up do you think mm. the carnival allows for that somehow like what what wh where do, where does queerness find itself in our mass and in our culture and our culture pardon can you repeat that last part w where what? does queerness mm -hmm. find itself in our mass and our culture does it allow for expression you know is there hypocrisy can you help us unpack a little bit from well, from your point of view from my point of view, as far as queerness finding its space in culture, I think it's quite the opposite. I think culture finds its place mm. in queerness mm. because we are and have been the originators of the uh, design aspect, the creativity aspect, the movement aspect, in some aspects of it, the music aspect. We have figures like the Dame Lorraine and we have yes. uh, the Blue Devils of Parmen. And I know this is probably going to turn 
some is because the Blue Devils are these uh, aggressive matches, matches. Honey, when they start to dance, the dance that they, tr they traditionally do is homosexual uh, grinding on each other. Yes, mm. and yes. And it's a big part of the performance. Yes. The Blue Devils whine on each other. There's man on man, and it's that sort of carnal. So what if, to tie it all up, what I mean that the culture has to find itself in Equinus is that we have bought it. We give it. Wayne, Minchel, myself, yourself. Mm. You know, we have been here representing and holding up that part of not just carnival, the world. Mm, the yes. queer um, demographic has always been probably 70 to 80 percent responsible for all of the manifestations uh, festations of creativity from a costume designer, makeup artist, hairstylist, actor. Mm. We are there. Yeah. So maybe the culture is now finding itself in us. Mm. I, because wow. when people ask me what is my space in culture, I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> what is inside me? <laughs> what is culture space in me? Yeah, and, and you know, even as you, you mentioned that, that making plenty sense, you know. Because, you know, we would sit down and we would say, well, you know, look how things changing. And, you know, we mm. never realized that the culture and, 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 and our arts, it's, it's embedded in you all. You know, it's it, embedded yeah. in us. And you'll just bring it out even better. This you is understand what, what I'm saying? To do, and this is what we came here to do. Yeah. What we brought. Ah. I always tell the, the, the crew because we get stressed out with carnival timelines and deadlines. Right. Yeah. Yes. Almost every day. Listen, we're not saving lives. Mm. We're just making them better. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. You know? to, to wrap up our interview, what do you have anything to say to any queer persons? persons who are, you know, like in the closet and, you know, they, they, they want to come out but they don't know how to. Do you have any advice for them? Anything you want to say to them? I would say that you are, if you are indeed listening and you are in that position, you are living in a time now when it's the easiest to reach out. Yes. There are older ones of yourself representing in media on social media. Reach out and talk to someone. Your process is your process. Do not mm -hmm. feel pressured by your friends or mm -hmm. anyone. It is in your own time. But speak to someone, reach out to someone, and hold a hand and let someone guide you. Because mm. it can be traumatic. Wow. Make a friend. And no. let that friend help. No. No, that's amazing advice. It and, is. And, you know, it, we're going to have you and and Rhino back on the program. Of course we, we would. We, this program was dedicated, it was created to give us space for all of our queer artists and business persons and just generally to put a spotlight on all of the great work that you all are doing and we know... It's important so. work. And yeah. It, and I want to thank you on behalf of all of us that work in the mills. You know, thank you. It's an mm. important space, and please hold it. Nice. But, Aaron, before you go, what, what is your social media handles? Let me see if oh, I can yes. follow you on Instagram <laughs> one time. I need to, um, I need to see this. <laughs> I, from the time from before, somebody told me the other day my Instagram is terrible. Oh, my right? gosh. But I will give it to you. But I'm from before. <laughs> social media for me is that I have to, like, okay, post something, Aaron. <laughs> I am Aaron.S.Schneider. Aaron.S.Schneider. Yeah. Or, yeah, right. or, or they can do the, hashtag as soon as, as soon as, free I, bird, as, soon right? as I put up Aaron it come up one time right. but um, follow <laughs> yes in your glory yeah. so everyone out there in Radio Land if you are looking for an award winning designing team oh, look how cute. to assist you with your projects reach out to Aaron and Freebird mm -hmm. and uh, as I said Aaron we'll have you back again we'll talk more at that time about the work and 
what your projects look like and we would absolutely so. love to mm. thank you so thank much, you much for joining us no, we'll have you back soon and, and again thank you i appreciate the work you're doing please hold this space of Wonderful. course we love no you problem. take care chat soon chat soon bye, -bye. bye. nice wow so on behalf of my co-host rudy and myself carrie i want to thank you guys so much for joining us today and keep a look for next week same time same place three to five p.m mm -hmm. this is love is love yeah talk, talk, talk is streaming at freedom 106.5.com